Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about The Hunt from 2020, directed by Craig Zobel, written by Nick Cuse and Damon Lindelof, starring Betty Gilpin, Hilary Swank, and Wayne Duvall. This movie is about a group of 12 people who wake up on a large property where they learn they are being hunted. Um, and before we get into it, we want to give a shout out and a congratulations to our friend Stephen Markley, who you may remember from our misery episode back like two years ago. Steve uh, revealed on that episode that he's a huge Stephen King fan, and he discussed the fact that he recently published a novel called Ohio. And Stephen King, King tweeted about that novel just like yesterday, as as when we're recording this, right, Ash? Was that yesterday? Yeah, uh, over the weekend. Yeah, it must have been yesterday. Over the weekend. Yeah. And yeah, he praised it, compared it to the Grapes of Wrath. So I have a feeling that was pretty surreal for Steve. I can't imagine like a, a bigger honor. Like that, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So congrats, Steve. Uh, super happy for you. And uh, anybody who hasn't gone out and bought Ohio by Stephen Markley, you should definitely do it. It's a wonderful book as per really Stephen is. King. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm considering uh, diving into it for, for like the second round. Such a good book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to read it again at some point. We also wanted to thank everybody who gave us a rating or review. We mentioned couple of months back that our goal was to hit 100 reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts before the end of the year, and we did it. We did it before Halloween. So thank you so much to everybody that reviewed us. Some of them were very sweet, and it just like warms our heart to see those. And some provided honest feedback, which we appreciate as well. Um, so thanks, everybody, so much for doing that. Our new goal is 200. So if you haven't <laughs> done so yet, please review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, People thought they yeah. were uh, they were done hearing us ask for reviews. <laughs> yeah, we just started over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, here we are. I didn't realize it when I chose this movie, but this is a pretty politically charged movie, and this episode's going to come out the day after Election Day. So, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Hopefully this will still be a, an, an enjoyable distraction from uh, U.S. politics. Yeah, right on time. Yeah. So anyway, man, this movie, uh, this is almost more of an action movie than a horror movie. I mean, I guess it's fair to call it horror, but pretty action heavy. Yeah, I saw some tags were more like action and comedy. And you know, I want to ask you, like, when, when these types of movies, uh, like when they have gun violence like this one does, uh, does that like immediately like drive you more towards action than horror? Yeah, for sure. But as I've said in the past, I do like guns in horror because I think it's good to remind everybody how truly horrifying guns can be. Yeah, for and sure. gun violence is. Yeah, yeah, I know that that's true. There's like a, a reality, like a really dark, realistic uh, look at that. Right, and I think when used the right way in a horror movie, it can just be like an oh shit moment, like right. Thinking about Terrifier or Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer or a couple where. There were moments like that where I was just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's really real. Yeah, yeah kind of sobering. Yep. But it's so weird that like most horror films, though, like shy away from guns and it's more about like stabbing people or chainsaws or like something more creative, which I, I wonder yeah. why like there's been that delineation or like that, that difference between uh, horror films and action films for so long. Right. I don't know. I think one seems a bit more clean or like, I don't know. 
one's somehow a bit more visceral and really gets your imagination going, like to be chopped up with an axe or cut with a chainsaw is yeah. different than to be shot. <laughs> That's true. That must be I it. don't necessarily know why we feel that way. I mean, it might just be like war, you know, and our concept of war and fighting and yeah. glory and honor and getting shot is part of that. And Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know, There's shootings, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like shootings and gun violence is more commonplace than you hear about, like, someone running around with a knife, like, stabbing people or, or like, a slasher or something. So right. Maybe that, there's also, like, an exotic element to that. Yeah, I mean, people might be just kind of desensitized to guns in some ways. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, guns are in so many movies. Like I know. <laughs> constantly. I haven't noticed it as much. But I remember like two or three years ago, we were starting to think about, no, probably less less time than that. We were starting to think about like letting our kid watch a little bit of TV, like mm-hmm. children's shows. Yeah. But whenever we do, like the menus, and I'm sure we could rework this, like the menus pop up. So like other stuff you've watched or stuff that might get recommended to you, like yeah. on Apple TV or an iPad. Yeah. And man, so what we were having that conversation about whether to show him stuff and like every other movie that popped up was had a gun on the movie's cover oh my god yeah i was just like wow this is pretty pretty prolific that's crazy you think that's specific to hollywood or like do you feel like other parts of the world also do the same thing hmm that's a really good question man i mean the u.s relationship with guns is quite unique but yeah uh, that's a good question yeah yeah i feel like that that drives so much of hollywood and yeah that, that's really interesting to like go on netflix and just see all these covers that have guns on them it really says something about like us as a population or like how common of a device it is for a plot is like the, the idea of like someone being armed yeah yeah and uh we're gonna try to like not make this political or anybody but you know just observations <laughs> um I've, i like myself a good gun heavy movie every once in a while <laughs> yeah totally yeah um have you heard of a term called competence porn no <laughs> What's that? I'm learning about all types of porn for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I feel about just slapping the term porn onto everything, but (laughs) um, I can't remember the film critic that coined it. I should have written down their name, but it's kind of like movies that are really focused on a character or set of characters who just are solving really complex problems like super aptly, like, like a highly competent person just crushing it, you know? Like 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 uh, Liam Neeson in Taken, right? Yeah, or like I think about like the Bourne movies or oh, Ocean's yeah. Eleven or The Martian. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> All weirdly starring Matt Damon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's a popular, competent porn star. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of the way I think of uh, Betty Gilpin's role here. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Though I feel like uh, it's a little more understated compared to like some of those movies you mentioned, where like that's like the thing like they they like endorse and, like embrace and talk about like it's a big part of themselves. And this one like it is a big part of her character, but I don't feel like she ever really talks about it or like inter- even like introduces herself in that way, right? Right, and she's definitely more like a relatable average person. Like to yeah. me, she was kind of like a John McClane type from Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like she's she's got the background and the training, but she's just like. An average right. Joe, average Jane, like trying to live life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, supposedly, I mean, like, I feel like we know so little about her in, in the movie, like her backstory or anything, but yeah, she just happens to have like these skills, but 
you're right. She just kind of blends in with like normal people. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Hey, would you, uh, do you consider this movie like a slasher on any level? Um, no, no, not really. Uh, okay. Do you? Uh, that's kind of where my mind went. And, you know, I was thinking like, uh, drawing a lot of comparisons between this and like ready or not. Uh, even though like you have one group versus another group in this one, um, uh, the, yeah, the idea of like going around, uh, you know, hunting people or trying to kill them, that doesn't like immediately jump to slasher territory for you? Um, no, I mean, when it's a group and there are like targets being hunted, like very well thought out, it just deviates too much from the formulas to me to... Yeah. I know people are tempted to use that word and did use that word for Ready or Not, but to me it's, it's quite different. Yeah. But yeah, this is pretty similar to Ready or Not when you think about it, like... Wealthy mm-hmm. elites uh, and like a pretty working class protagonist. Right. Yeah. Rising up against it. Yeah. Uh, so then you don't think it's a slasher just because you have like numerous killers and a slasher is more if you just have like one main killer. I mean, that's part of it to me, but it's just so much of the formula. There's no like stalking and gener- like picking off people one by one as you go. Like, yes, there is. But yeah. Um it all happens pretty quick. It's just, yeah, it's just so much is different about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was wondering, because uh, like Us was like the same thing. I, I just watched that recently too, where you just have one group versus another group. And yeah, it, it seems like a little outside of the uh, definition of a slasher. Right, right. Um, I'm going to do something weird this time because Alex's Ohio connection really just gives a lot of the uh, background of this movie. So I think I might just hit it and then we'll, keep the conversation flowing from there. Sounds good. All right, so every uh, episode we have our friend Alex connect each movie to our home state of Ohio. Alex owns the bar and restaurant called Jukebox in Cleveland, Ohio. You can pick up beer, wine, or pierogies or other food from your car. They are also on Grubhub, and they have a socially distanced patio. Uh, Alex says, The Hunt has been a film surrounded by controversy. First of all, the plot centers around a world where elites hunt regular people, a derivative of Richard Connell's famed short story, The Most Dangerous Game. Secondly, the original release date was set to be in September 2019, but was pulled after several high-profile mass shootings, drawing criticism from many, including the president of the USA. Ultimately, it was released in mid-March 2020. However, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, theaters across the country closed, abruptly forcing the film to digital streaming. One of the mass shootings noted in the pulling of its intended release occurred in Dayton, Ohio, where a 24-year-old male killed nine and injured 17 outside a bar. Hmm. So, a bit of an unfortunate Ohio connection. Yeah, yeah, damn, bummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that one in reference. I, I don't remember that shooting, do you? I do, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's getting pretty sad that you can't even keep track of them these days. I know, I know, you have like multiple ones every year, almost every, yeah, that's, that's rough. Yep. Um, um, so the you, Trump tweet, Yeah. should I go ahead and read that? Not yeah. to make this whole podcast just me reading things. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, he says, liberal Hollywood is racist at the highest level and with great anger and hate. They like to call themselves elite, but they are not elite. In fact, it is often the people they so strongly oppose that are actually the elite. The movie coming out is made in order to inflame and cause chaos. They create their own violence and then they try to blame others. They are the true racists and are very bad for our country. I don't think he, he never but mentions the hunt by name, but everyone pretty much, it was clear that that's what he was talking about. Yeah. And we'll spoil this movie and review it uh, at the uh, second half of our 
episode here, but I don't think he saw the movie. Yeah, that's very, uh, yeah, that's very strange. So he's saying the way that elites are, um, the liberal elite is uh, showcasing this movie is like inaccurate and that's his issue with it. I don't even quite know what the hell he's saying. Um, <laughs> he also throws in like racist and stuff, which I don't know where, how, where he got that from in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think a big part of the cast around this movie is everyone just like echo chambering about it mm-hmm. and no one really having seen it. You know, it wasn't released yet. Very few people had seen it. It was just the premise that got everyone so riled up. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like reading some of the development and like the delay. Uh, there was like this whole idea that it, it was like titled Red versus Blue State or something, which never actually was the case, supposedly. And right. then there was all the stuff about like uh, negative uh, audience reviews, which uh, also looks like that wasn't a case. So yeah, they, it does feel like there was like this artificial pushback on this film, which I, it, it seems like none of that was real, was it? Was it? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like any of it was real. Like the red state versus blue state doesn't seem real, and the negative audience reactions and test screenings. Mm-hmm. And uh, Craig Zobel in interviews has been like, it was interesting because like this was the type of stuff we were talking about in the movie. How everyone jumps to conclusions and like yeah. spouts their mouth on Twitter with stuff they really don't know anything about. And <laughs> everyone was just talking about this movie, and no one had seen it or recognized that yeah. it had any nuance or knew what the tone was. That it was yeah. kind of a silly movie. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, did you hear about this movie back then? And like, was this on your radar that it kept getting pushed off? Or did you not? It hear was. About it? Yeah, it was yeah. on my radar. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing previews for it like a long time ago, and then just never coming out. Yeah. Yeah, and it was made for a budget of fourteen million, and the box office was fifteen before it uh, was pulled from the theaters. That's rough. I mean, it only had like a week or two in the theaters, though, right? Yeah, it was really unfortunate. So that weekend in the theaters for every movie combined was the lowest grossing combined weekend since October of nineteen ninety eight. Wow! So the worst weekend in the movies for twenty two years since October ninety eight. Yeah, I wonder what happened that weekend. I know. I tried to research that, but I didn't have time to figure out what yeah. what was so bad about October nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's that's really weird. But then uh, that's probably not capturing uh, any of like the VOD. Like I, I know this was one of the movies that for a period, like you had this one, The Invisible Man, and another one that you could rent for like twenty bucks or something, right? Yeah, I think Trolls World Tour might have been the other one. <laughs> okay, uh, so so none, none of that revenue is captured in the box office numbers, is it? No, no, sir. Okay, just, just the uh, just movie theaters. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how those movies have done on on like the VOD format. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I think that um, from what I've gathered, like the discussion over the past few months in the movie world, is that a big budget movie you can't put on. VOD and expect to get your money back, which is why they keep kicking the can down the road on, you know, some of the bigger releases we anticipated in 2020. Sure. Yeah. A movie like this with a budget of 14 million. I don't know. That's like low mid. Yeah. Maybe that could recoup its money. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I would guess that's about where the point where you'd stop thinking about any higher and you'd stop thinking about doing a VOD. Oh, sure. Yeah. You need to go to the theater. And just keep waiting for the theater. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And anyway, once the release was back on, Universal decided to release it. They really leaned into the controversy, and they've got all the quotes on the cover from people who said this is a horrible film and shouldn't be seen and is bad for the nation. Oh, really? They embraced all that? That's awesome. 
Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you did you should look up the cover. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. It's got the original release date crossed out and the new release date. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Um, so much like reading reviews on it, uh, I feel like audiences are pretty split and like most people are seem upset about like the, it's how like it's attempting to make like some kind of social commentary uh, within it. Is, is that the vibe you got? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, the reviews, very, very middle of the road. Rotten Tomatoes, 57% from critics, 66% from viewers. IMDb is 6.5 out of 10 and Letterboxd is 3 out of 5. Yeah, I think I saw a C plus somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Seems seems about the vibe. It's got a C plus vibe. Yeah, uh, I know we've watched like social horror movie films, I guess, in in the past, or, or like ones that have like touched on social issues. Um, would you consider this one of those? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's just all about the uh, the way our country interacts with each other. Yeah, I you know watching it like I I couldn't tell like are they trying to like what was it like an obvious like commentary on like this is how our civilization is or yeah, our society is, or were they just like picking like they picked basically two groups in the movie like there's this one group of elitists and then this group of people that they're preying upon was it are you, are you sure like there was uh, an attempt here to make like some broader general comments about our population? Yeah, I think it was meant to... So the director said it was kind of about internet trolls and the internet culture. Yeah. Um, and how both sides of the country see each other. Oh, okay, so okay. I think it was a commentary on the country as a whole and the current state of things. But from what they've said, there is no message per se. It's just a discussion. Sure, sure, yeah. Just a story about Which, it. Which uh, I think is great. I think it's totally fair. I mean, this is... This kind of stuff is on a lot of people's minds. Like, you know, you go on any social media and you see this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind so, of, yeah, I, mean, I think everyone's pretty much aware. Uh, if they weren't before, I think they certainly have become more so lately that everyone's just kind of at each other's throats, at least on the Internet. Sure, yeah, yeah. Kind of living in these wind tunnels. Yeah. Uh, that that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then that seems pretty general. I, I guess, like, at, at the end of this movie... Um, yeah, I'm wondering if it like leaned one way or the other, but I kind of feel like um, maybe not so much, and maybe it is just about like what you're talking about, just people's reaction to social commentary and uh, how they view one side versus the other. So yeah, that seems pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Sure. Um, one thing I want to hit real quick: Did you ever watch an animated web series? It was popular when I well when we were in college, called Homestar Runner. No, I never heard of it. We watched a lot of it in uh, in college, and Craig Zobel, the director here, is a co-creator of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it any good? It's like a comedy or something? It was just like a weird, absurdist animated series. I, I don't know how to describe it. And oh, I don't okay. remember it very well, but it had it had a cult following for sure. Yeah, I'll also find that. It's probably online somewhere, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't recognize his name. The, the writer... Uh, Damon Lindelof, he, he did the, like the Watchmen, the Leftovers, World War Z. So I, I thought that kind of made a lot of sense for like the tone of this movie. Sure, sure. Yeah. Damon Lindelof and Nick Hughes both worked together on Watchmen and Leftovers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, one thing, uh, did you know who Hillary, like you, you knew who Hillary Swank was going into this and like yeah. what, she, what she looks like and everything? Yeah. Oh, so I, I knew her name, but I had no idea what she looked like. You like didn't know who Hillary Swank 
No, you so couldn't it, like pick Hillary Swank out of a lineup. Every time they introduced it, yeah, I couldn't. I guess every time they introduced a new uh, female lead in this, I thought that was Hillary Swank. Is that Hillary Swank? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then someone else would get introduced, and like, oh no, that's Hillary Swank. And then, because uh, she comes in later on in the film, and then when she finally does come, then then it looks a little more familiar. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, she was. you have anything else before we? Uh go on to the plot and spoil things and, and review the film? No, let's get into it. All right. Um, before we do, do you mind if I take a quick break? My kids are super picky eaters and we're all out of blueberries. I think I'd better run to the store and get some. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, cool. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll call you when I get back. All right. All right. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, you get those blueberries? I did. Um, this is a bit embarrassing. I buy blueberries all the time, and I know how much they cost. So uh, when I paid for them, I got the incorrect change back, and I got really suspicious, and I, I kicked the cashier's ass. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they were just on sale. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so. That could have been a terrible mistake. <laughs> it really was. I feel pretty sorry for this old lady. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't the first kick she got today. <laughs> <laughs> they should tell tell you that stuff, right? Hey, by the way, why does this keep happening? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn this sale. That's the real cost of the hunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, that was that was such a great moment. Yeah, it really fun. was. Man, I got uh I got giddy quite a few times in this movie. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, there was we'll just like some great quotes. Great, great yeah, comments. great quotes, just like great badass moments from the lead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the film begins with a group text uh, about hunting deplorables at the manor this weekend. So somebody texts that on a group chain. We don't see any of the people. We just see the phone. Uh, someone else says, hey, we said we wouldn't mention the manor via text. And like, oh, I'm deleting this thread. And you're kind of like, oh, shit. And then we cut to the title and then a plane where we kind of see all these wealthy people being a bit snobbish and we see a guy stumble out into the cabin who seems like he's been drugged and is recovering and trying to figure out where he is and they kill him and does uh athena kill him and we just don't see her face at this point i can't quite remember i think so we just see her from the back but yeah she comes out and like stabs him with uh, his heel or her heel right oh right yep yep in, right the, through in the eyeball yeah yeah it's a pretty gory it, movie right off the bat yeah. Um, and then we cut to Emma Roberts waking up in nature with a gag in her mouth. Who's been mistaken she, for Hillary Swank? <laughs> I was just—I was thinking when you said that. I was like, I bet he thought Emma Roberts was <laughs> Hillary <Yeah>. Swank. <laughs> uh, here's another moment where I thought of you. She sees another woman across a field who puts like a uh, pin from her hair clip onto a leaf in a puddle or a, a pond. Huh. Did you know what was going on there? No. Do you? Do you know? So what's if going? you if you like, she rubbed it in her hair first. If you get like a piece of metal, like a pin, get static electricity on it and put it on something level, like put it on a leaf in water, it will turn and point to magnetic north, oh, like a compass. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so that's what I, she was doing. How could you tell it's what she was doing? 
<laughs> I'm just familiar with that. Have you have uh, you done that before? That principle. I've never done it, but I, I I'm aware that you can. Okay, that's really cool. I'm yeah. gonna try that uh, at home now. That's really cool. My note here says Ashwin has no idea what she just did. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was hunting for fish. <laughs> she watched you fish hunting with that needle. Yeah, yeah, creating static, putting in the water. It's gonna kill all the fish in there. Bam. She's supposed to use a curved needle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A hook would be a lot better there. <laughs> um, so anyway, there are twelve strangers who wake up in the same situation. And they're all kind of looking at each other. They figure out how to get their gags off. And there's a big, like, crate in the middle of a field. Somebody approaches it. Nobody knows if it's a trap. And it's full of guns. So they grab them, but then they start getting picked off from a distance. Emma Roberts is like, that one almost hit me. And then her head explodes, which was not fun for me. I knew she was in this movie, and I really like her. Yeah, I know. Same. I was was starting to like her. Yeah, gone right away. Yep. Um, and then another woman gets uh, blown up by, uh, there's like landmines too, and she gets blown up pretty much, and it's just her torso with all of her guts pretty much hanging out. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was on the cover of an issue of Fangoria magazine, just like that still that- photo of all her guts hanging out. With like the spikes going through her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And I would, I like get Fangoria and I like take it to a very secret spot in my house where nobody can see the cover. <laughs> I'm like more afraid of my wife seeing it than my kids seeing it. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty traumatic thing to see. Yeah, yeah, for my wife. Yeah. Um, but I loved this. And this like, you already get the vibe that it's kind of like a jokey tone. The director in interviews has said like, Early Sam Raimi, Evil Dead 2 was kind of the vibes he was going for in some ways. Mm-hmm. But this guy is trying to save this woman. <laughs> she's already like, she knows she's going to die. <laughs> and she goes, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm going to eat a whole pie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved that. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> she was like so excited. It was just, it was over the top and silly. This is like while half her body's like been cut off. Yeah. 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 Um, and then she realizes she's going to die. She tries to get, uh, this dude to, to shoot her, to put her out of her misery. And then she takes the gun from him, calls him a snowflake and shoots herself. And right. This, this movie is pretty like heavy on the, um, you know, like the political touchstones, like the political insults of our time up front in the movie. But I think that's kind of like it letting you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. D- oh. Definitely. Like, kind of jumps to it right away, right? Of, like, embracing right, the like they use snowflake, they use deplorables. Yeah, right. Uh, they hit it hard right up front, but I think when they made the movie, they had no idea that the entire world would know what this movie was <laughs> about before it came out. Yeah, 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 right. Um, so, anyway, these people are getting picked off, uh, violent deaths. Three of them happen to escape over a fence, and they make it to a gas station where they try to call 911. And they find out they're all from different states. They were drugged and kidnapped, and they're told by the people, the Ma and Pa attendants at the gas station, they're in Arkansas, and they discuss among themselves that this is Manorgate, which mm-hmm. is like a conservative conspiracy theory scandal where wealthy elites have a hunt for humans at a manor. You um, know, it, it wasn't clear to me in this scene that like these three were like conservatives because you know Ike, uh, that, that actor, I think he's. He was like saying he's from New York. The other guy was from Florida. I forget where the other 
woman was from, maybe Wyoming or something. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, but uh, they weren't like really giving. I know, like they said, oh yeah, I was just uh, I have a bunch of guns at home, like commenting on like yeah, gun ownership, and then um, I forget what the other ones did. Like they must have said something, but I I, I didn't pick up on it. But did, did you? Do you do you remember? Yeah, I don't remember what the uh, the touchstones were, but they tipped the uh, they tipped the scales to to help okay. you figure out what exactly was going on here. Sure, and sure. what people's affiliations were. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and so the gas station owners are kind of slowly reeled to be in on it. One of the people here like grabs a cupcake from the gas station and eats it and it's poison. And then the attendants put on gas masks, gas masks and start spraying these three with poison gas. And then they're cleaning up the mess. Uh, they're kind of bickering at each other as they're cleaning up the bodies. And I think one of my favorite parts of this movie was all the liberal people like <laughs> nitpicking and bitching to yeah. each other about everything they say, like not being politically correct. I love that, man. Like the whole thing about, uh, well, I learned about that on NPR and it's like, oh, NPR, that's like all created by white people. You can't go by that or something. Yeah. It's yeah. really funny. Oh, and then- uh, I think that's like, I'd like that this movie... I mean, it picks on everybody in my mind. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah I, yeah, I appreciated it. It's kind of holding up a mirror to society. Yeah, it kind of it just feels kind of like a woke movie. Like each side's kind of making fun of themselves, and it's yeah. like yeah, embracing all stereotypes. And then there's that one line where uh, she like yells like the, the 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 guy like starts drinking like a soda like the husband, and she's like, "Don't drink that; it's poison." And he's like, "Oh, you poisoned the soda." And she's like, no, it's just got a bunch of sugar in it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. And at one point, like, he's talking about black people, and he's like, those people have been through enough already. And she's like, those people? Like, they're, yeah. just, they're just annoying to each other. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of how, how yeah, yeah, that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that banter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any friends that you're like kind of afraid to speak in front of because you're afraid you're gonna like step in poop? There's definitely times like I wait till yeah I wait till like I'm behind closed doors to like uh, say personal like like yeah real, real thoughts because yeah you don't, you don't want to hit like a tripwire or something right yeah 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 I, I think that's um, what they're going with this yeah yeah but and I consider myself like a person who attempts to be woke but uh, it, yeah. it is exhausting. Yeah, yeah, right. There's a yeah. lot of landmines. Um, yeah, one one thing like I loved so far, like in this movie, just like you're introduced to a new character, like almost every like two or three minutes, and you think that's going to be the main character, and then they just get killed. Yeah, yeah, and they keep pulling the rug out from under you because like a lot of these are pretty recognizable faces. Emma Roberts, of course, and then yeah, Ike Barinholtz or something. Is that yeah. his name? I, I didn't write down his name. Yeah, he's a pretty him. recognizable face, and yeah, then he's gone. Right. Yeah, it's just crazy. You're kind of just like going through cast members and yeah, you don't know like who to follow. Yeah. So then finally one more person wanders into the gas station after they've cleaned up everything. Their like front is back on there. I'm on Pa gas station again. It's Betty Gilpin, who I did not recognize. I don't know if you did. I didn't either. Like from, from Glow, right? Yeah, I think that her biggest, most notable goal, or, uh, role is in Glow, but I don't yeah. watch that show. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so she walks in. Um, they tell her she's in Arkansas. She's just like really disoriented, wondering what's going on. And she orders cigarettes and she kind of like looks at the change that's given back to her after she pays. 
and she's you can tell she's suspicious she sees and we see as a viewer that the guy's hand is on a shotgun behind the counter and she sees his hand move and like wonders what's up and she just slams the woman's head into the counter jumps over and like shoots the guy with the gun and then turns the gun onto the woman and goes cigarettes in arkansas only cost six bucks you fucked up bitch Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it was so good, and I feel like I'm just doing a disservice, but man, I just like, yeah, I was just giggling to myself, yeah, yeah, so that's... often at this at Betty Gopin in this movie, yeah, yeah, that was a great performance, yeah. So she goes outside, and there's a pickup truck, and she notices that behind the Arkansas plates are Croatian plates, and the door to the driver's side of the pickup is rigged to explode if you open it. Uh, so this is where a little bit of the competence porn aspect comes in. Like she's just really sharp. Yeah. Very observant. Yep. Um, she then meets another captive who is a conspiracy theorist. And at one point he's like, I have a podcast. Trust me. (laughs) Did you think of us when he said that? (laughs) Yeah. I can't help but think of us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so they're kind of on the run together. They board a freight train and they encounter refugees on the train as well, who Gary thinks are crisis actors and fake. Um, one of them does admit he's an actor, but he's like, he's in on it with these elites who are hunting them. And, but, and then they get raided by the Croatian feds, which the raid isn't real. I didn't totally understand all the purpose of this scene. It seemed like just a means to an end to get crystal who was betty gilpin taken to a refugee camp right I, yeah but i i i thought uh what had happened there is like the the immigrant like the the refugees on the uh, train were real and the government that intercepted it and raided that train they were real but that one dude was an actor on the alita side and uh he was going to try to like get them out of it so that the game could continue right right he was going right. to like give him a head start yeah yeah i just couldn't figure out why he would be there like embedded with the uh the refugees but maybe yeah. that was just part of it like in case anybody jumped the train jumped the yeah i mean that seems like a long shot but yeah it kind of does yeah but anyway she gets taken to a refugee camp where she meets another target named don and there's a an authority there who's a native english speaker who says he's going to drive them to the u.s embassy and when they're in the car he asks them why they think they were chosen for the hunt and she just kind of gets suspicious and thinks that's a weird question to ask. And you see her just like dutifully grab the uh, the little like handlebar that hangs down right above the <laughs> passenger side window. Yeah. And like uses that as reflet, uh, as leverage to like double kick him out of the car. <laughs> did you did you recognize that guy? Yeah. What's he from though? Uh, green room. I think he was like one of the uh, guys <sighs> who worked with like Patrick Stewart. He's kind of like that. yes. Yes. Yep. Like Gabe or something like that. Patrick yeah. Stewart's right hand man. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Good call, man. I couldn't place him. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. And then she runs back. She flips it in reverse and runs over him and they find Gary, the guy she encountered at the gas station. His body is in the trunk. There's also a map. Uh, so they follow the map to this bunker where all these elites are hiding out who are per- who were the ones doing the hunting and she goes in there and kicks their asses uh which was just a wonderful scene yeah um one of my favorite parts of this ass kicking is that like i think the final person she kills is a woman with a bow and arrow Mm -hmm. and she just like seems annoyed by this person 
and she like ends up stabbing her with a bow with her own bow and the look on her face when she did it was like this weird mix of like dutiful and apologetic it was just like like if i tell my kid like buddy if you do that one more time you're gonna have to get a timeout and then he does it like the look on my face when I pick him up to give him a timeout is the same look she had. Like, <laughs> you really shouldn't have done that, and I, I'm sorry I'm doing this, but I told you I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you a warning. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um, I love her interaction with, like, all these guys here. And, and then, like, one dude is, like, uh, an, an army, like, consultant or whatever. Right, yeah. He's, like, the consultant to the the hunters. Yeah, and I think this is where you find out that, like, she, like, served a tour in Afghanistan or something. Right, right, yeah. So it kind of explains some of her like amazing like abilities here. Sure, for sure. Yeah, and then at this point, I think you get a flashback revealing that that text chain we saw at the beginning of the movie was just a joke, but it was leaked to the press, and then uh, there was a whole group of people online who you know saw it and believed it was true. The person who sent that text is played by Hillary Swank. She's the CEO of a large corporation and now she's forced to step down. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was kind of um, pertinent when the guy um, from the board of directors or whatever, I assume, he was like, this idea is out there now and now it's out, like the people who believe that they're not going away. Oh, right. And it was just like yeah. such a good example of how like things are so crazy right now. However, however you want to think it whatever side of things you're on you can think like somebody is crazy or a whole group of people is crazy but like that's the reality now like they're sure. they're there and you have to like bow to them in some weird weird way you know like yeah yeah that's a factor in everything now right like yeah yeah something is said some rumor comes and like suddenly it's true or it's like something you have to deal with because it's just like a stated fact for a lot of people right right like non-facts are realer than actual facts Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like this. I mean, it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. Like it was just a joke, and then she decided, like, shit, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. That because uh, how often does that happen? Like you know, like you hear something, like a rumor or something, and then like someone just like runs with it and makes it a reality. Like that. Right. Like part, makes it true. Yeah, that's that's not usually common. Like that's kind of like a sci-fi or like a fantastical element element of this. Right. right. Yeah, it's pretty outlandish, and she basically like gets all of her group of friends together, and they're like, "All right, we'll do it." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they have like kind of a you know, a scene of them meeting and looking at powerpoints of people that they've chosen that I think they just found on social media who were kind of vocal conservatives or maybe even backers of the uh, what became the Mannergate conspiracy theory. Right. Yeah, those kind of and like they rank them like 0 to 10 or something. Yeah, right. Right, like who right. they want to include in the hunt. Yeah. And in this one of the characters is wearing a kimono and somebody's like, "Is that a kimono, Richard? That's appropriation." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean like yes, this movie is about liberal elites hunting deplorables in quotes, but like all the liberal people are just really awful and nitpicking each other and just generally miserable people the whole time. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's like the extreme, like, stereotype, basically. Yeah, I mean, just saying, like, hey, there's this movie coming about that's about liberals, like, hunting conservatives, it just, it takes away all the nuance of this movie. It does. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think I think that's a smart move by the movie because I, I think it evolve it, it like kind of avoids being too much of like a political satire or anything. Right. Right. Um. So anyway, she then like back in real time. Crystal finds Athena's location. She basically tortures that consultant to uh, tell her where Athena is. And she comes into her house and they kind of have a discussion. There's a lot of good dialogue here. I don't remember many specific lines. Sometimes a sign of a really good movie is that I've taken horrible notes. I know, right? It's like this is the one you wanted to pay attention to. Yeah. And like I wanted to like write down every line I thought was clever and like what I loved about it, but I'm just like, oh shit, like yeah it's been 30 minutes i haven't written anything down yeah yeah i feel the same yeah um but yeah so this, they is, get... this is i think this is a great like uh scene though between them two like kind of just level setting and uh oh i think she's talking about like the best cheese to use for a grilled cheese sandwich oh yeah yeah just she's like it. cooking in her like giant you know kitchen with an island and yeah yeah right yeah um and then at some point here, she's like, you got the wrong Crystal Creasy. Like, there's another Crystal Creasy in my town like that posted those things on the internet. That wasn't me. <laughs> um, so there, you have a little bit of that. Like, maybe she's she totally screwed up, Hillary Swank's character. And then there was a little bit of um, maybe Crystal screwed up because she ended up killing that guy, Don. Because oh, yeah. Crystal, like, over the intercom made her think that guy... Or, um, Athena made her think that guy may have been in on it, and you never really knew if that was, if he was a plant or if he was actually, like, being hunted. Right. So I think he he was being hunted then, right? Like, did did Athena admit to that? I think so. I mean, it was it was uh you couldn't tell if she was just trying to say that to screw with Crystal or not. Hmm. Yeah. And in the credits, he's he shows up as Don question mark. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So anyway, they have a fight scene here in this house, and I thought it was a really well-choreographed, badass fight scene. What did you think of this? It was awesome, man. They were just, like, throwing each other around. There's like, a gun involved at certain points, glass breaking. Uh, sometimes the glass wasn't breaking. Yeah, it was really creative. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. Like, so much glass was breaking, and then there's a scene where uh, Betty Gilpin is, like, about to launch Hillary Swank through another door frame like glass window and she's like no more doors and they both like seem to mutually agree on it and like slow down enough for hillary swank to turn the doorknob and open it before yeah. they tumble in and then get thrown. yeah yeah that was That's really good I, I mean there was just like a, the perfect touch of comedy at every uh beat of this movie to me yeah yep um so yeah, then she ends up defeating her by she gets stabbed with the little spinny thing that's inside of a food processor and it's wedged in her gut um and then she grabs Hillary Swank and like hugs her close and stabs her with it. I feel like we've seen that before where someone stabs something, mm-hmm. stabs someone with something that's, that's in their own like, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a few movies that do that. Yeah. Was that in Satanic Panic? Ah, with the she... Kildo? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I forgot all about Kildo. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, if but yeah, were, I thought yeah. that's a beautiful, like, gory touch, over-the-top, splat-sticky type thing. Yeah. Um, so she makes it back to the plane and encounters these flight attendants that were, like, you know, kind of just working for these people and overwhelmed by what they were seeing in the first or second scene of the movie. Uh, 
she ends up like sharing the caviar with the flight attendant when earlier the one of the characters like wouldn't do it one of the elites and the last line is the flight attendant being like how's the champagne and she's like it's fucking great and then that's the end of the movie yeah it was cool and there was like yeah. a, a a nice contrast here because i think the guy at the beginning was dennis from it's always sunny he was yeah and she offers him caviar and he's like that's all you have like why don't you have anything else and then at the end she offers offers betty gilpin caviar and she's just like yep like yeah <laughs> she was just like a a well-played character who's just like a down-to-earth you know that like john mcclain type the blue right. collar person you want to have a beer with yeah yeah exactly i, I like that touch that and was... at the end because it was confused and hillary swank chose the wrong crystal crazy her political her politics are never revealed you don't know if this is a liberal person or a conservative person yeah, I thought that was genius. Like, basically, the the protagonist of this movie, you really like don't know even know who she is outside of the fact that like she's like a like she, she kicks ass. But right, and then that, she like, was in Afghanistan. Yeah, she's yeah. just like a survivor, basically. Right, and which I think is important because you know even in reviewing this movie, I'm like saying, okay, this person's on the liberal side and this person's on the conservative side, and like, right, you know, she's just a person, as we all really are, just people. Yeah, yeah. I really like that touch because cause then, yeah, it feels like the movie doesn't really side with one or the other. It kind of makes fun of both sides and, like, you're, the person who wins, like, doesn't really align themselves with either side. Right, right. And it felt like she was just, like, she never got too caught up in that either. Like, either side would start ranting about the other side and she was just tackling whatever problem was in front of her at the moment and not really yeah. getting caught up in that. Exactly. The one ideology that she does give away, though, is like that story she tells. And I, I think this is probably like her longest dialogue, that uh, story about like the, the rabbit and the box turtle or whatever. Right, right. Like the, the tortoise and the hare story type thing. Yeah, except it's like got like a much gorier ending where like the, the, the rabbit comes to the turtle's house, kills the family and like eats their dinner, which I think that last scene when she like eats that grilled cheese after killing Hilary Swank it's kind of like she's the rabbit that like uh, caught up with all these guys and killed them all. And right. And just like eating their dinner pretty much. Right. And she even like sees a rabbit like come out of the yard and into the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. And I liked that because it kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe I was like thinking too much about this, but it was just like, I think each side envisions you know, in this culture war that is at hand in the U.S., like, a defeat where, like, you can have a clean victory and, like, things are better. Mm -hmm. But then the jackrabbit comes back and kills your whole family and eats your uh, <laughs> dinner. And, like, that's kind of... I'm not saying, like, that's the reality of things, but just, like, things aren't ever as clean as they are in that story, you know, and people tend to think they want to be. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The tortoise and the hare story is very black and white in some senses that's true um, that, that's really i mean point. it's got a great moral but like and that's like so much of the problem with the current state of affairs is everyone thinks everything is black and white like there could never be yeah. a gray area you think these things are you're absolutely crazy right right um yeah. and that was a cool part of that story to me it's just like muddled and messy and there will be no moments which everyone kind of thinks in their head maybe at some point there will be and maybe yeah. in either directions right if you're terrified of the way yeah. the world is right now you envision this dystopia and if but if you're optimistic you envision okay like things are going to be different 
this election, depending on your viewpoint, and like from there we'll be good. Right. But it's and never neither really. is really the case. Hopefully. Yeah, you're hopefully right. Hopefully we don't slip into some dystopia. But totally. There's never like a clear victory or it's never like so clean and cut. But wouldn't you say like the ending of this movie with her like flying off on a plane, drinking champagne, eating caviar, isn't that kind of like a unrealistic like victory? Right. Yeah, that's true. And I think maybe it all comes down to like this movie just has to be fun. And I don't yeah. think that that was even intended in the Jack Rabbit story. Maybe it was. Who knows? That was just like it kind of hit home for me. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that was the intention of it. But I think sure. like and the directors and writers have said like this movie is supposed to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not like we don't have a message like maybe someone smarter can make a movie like that. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, in, in watching it, that's, like, what it comes off as. It's, like, a really funny movie. Uh, it takes, like, both sides. It's not, like, trying to, like, you know, shove some message down your throat or anything. Um, and, and, yeah, it's interesting to, like, read the reviews and see, like, a lot of people felt like um, it didn't have, like, the meat behind it that they were looking for or something. Right. Like, people wanted more from it than it than it had to offer. Yeah. It, that wasn't even its place, you know? That right. was not what they intended. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. Like, this is just, like, a really good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I. It seems like you like this movie. Am I right? <laughs> I hated it, man. <laughs> no, no. This is this is yeah. This is great, man. This was uh, it was so cool. Like, cause the action was over the top, which is like something obviously which made it fun. And like other movies that have like tried to go down this road, I, I feel like they don't. Uh, like yeah, they don't go to this level in terms of like the action, the gore, and some of the like lines and the dialogue that you had in this were just like so sharp. And, like, her character, just, like, not even knowing who she is, but spending so much time with her, like, you don't really need to know more about her. You just know, like, she's, like, kind of a simple mind, and uh, but she's, like, this amazing, like, warrior or whatever. Um, so I feel like you knew what you needed to know, and she was just, like, a very easy character to, like, get along with and root for. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought it was great, man. What, what did you think? Yeah, man, I agree. Like, I think... Uh I really like the political discussion here because that is the way our world is and we should probably see that more in our art. Um, But then on top of that, the movie just like slaps. Is that a thing that the kids say? (laughs) I think it still is, yeah. Is that a movie slaps? (laughs) It it just like, it really kicks ass. Like it's got great acting, great sets, great action. The fight choreography, especially at the end, was really cool. And it's like, I mean, you know what's happening, but it's still a bit of a mystery, so you're always engaged. Like, I never right. once felt like this was dull or was looking at my watch or, like, even, like, touched my phone except to take notes. Yeah. It, like, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot very formulaic about this. Like, it, it did seem interesting throughout. And that they're, like, always, like, these twists, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. And, every like, everything was just moving the plot along or funny or an action scene or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought Betty Gilpin was just an incredible lead and Hilary Swank an incredible uh, antagonist. Yeah, yeah. They both uh, were amazing. And yeah. Yeah, but Betty, like, yeah, her performance was awesome. Yeah. There was a part where she threw a couple things that went, like, a little too hammy, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it didn't, like, bug me enough to take any marks from the movie. Like, in the bunker when she was saying she used to work at a rental company, a rental yeah. car company. Yep. And she just like instead of uh, saying anything, she like goes, mm-hmm. "Yeah, or, <laughs> what like, was that?" I don't she know. Was like, she was like, "I used to work at a car rental company, and, mm-hmm. and if I have to go back to that job, then I would." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I don't she, remember she, like, quite the line, but it was yeah. just like what? I thought she was like censoring herself out or something. I, I I couldn't tell what she was doing there. Yeah, 
Yeah, there were but a couple it, moments like that, but uh, but otherwise, yeah. I thought her performance was great. Yeah, I I like that because it like there was something really weird and like off about her, and like I I like that they kept in like some kind of like goofy things and didn't really explain them. It just yeah. like made her character like a lot more interesting and believable. Right, right. And when like the woman shot arrows at her, she was just like, "Arg." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like random lines. Yeah, yeah, she was she was quirky. She was goofy. Yeah, I like that about her. But yeah, yeah, I uh, and. <laughs> I'll, I'll act like some of the liberal elites talking to each other in this movie, but I just, I love seeing more female led action movies with like, you know, a badass, like a, me too. a John yeah. McClane or a, you know, like a, she almost reminded me of, um, oh, what's that dude's name? The cool bald guy, Jason Statham. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Like a bit more like over the top. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, watching this really reminded me of movies like uh, Ready or Not and like You're Next, where like you have these surprise uh, lead characters who just end up being, um, yeah, pretty savvy when it comes to weapons, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's just like, surprise. it's nice too. I just feel like you would think like, you know, it, it's the right thing to do to have more women in these roles, but it's just like, it makes it so much more of a different movie too. And I'm like, it does pragmatically i'm just sick of seeing the same thing over and over again so it's just it's yeah. a great way to to freshen things up it is yeah I, I like that part a lot do you think uh she's kind of like a final girl in this or does that concept not really apply to this style of movie oh man you got me because i'm saying this isn't a slasher but i do feel like she's kind of a, a final girl here yeah yeah she's who you're rooting for her to survive at the end and she comes out yeah yeah i mean hmm yeah, I mean, Final Girl, like, if she's a Final Girl, Bruce Willis is a Final Girl. <laughs> yeah. In Die Hard. Like, she's more of an action hero, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. All odds again. I mean, it's not that different. It's just um, maybe a Final Girl tends to historically show less force and more fear. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, a lot more screaming. Yeah, I guess. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's getting, I think there are more movies coming out now that don't have don't lean as heavily on the fear and have more mm-hmm. um outward force and, and strength shown but yeah. yeah yeah i mean she's basically like I, I know like the beginning of this film she's in like survival mode and like trying to escape but then like the tables i feel like halfway through the movie kind of turn and now she's like hunting them which is pretty right. cool yeah yeah it's great and not yeah. that she's not afraid but like you know she's always she's always looking to make the right move and uh thinking things through and yeah right i i loved it man she's what a great performance cool and great action well uh zero to five poison soft drinks what do you give this movie man it's it's hard i can't find like anything to knock on this one i mean uh i guess the only issue i have is like calling it a horror film because um it's not like very scary or anything but it's like super entertaining and funny and like really well paced acting characters all great so uh yeah i'd, I'd give it uh what was what was the ranking um i don't even remember oh poison soft drinks oh poison soft drinks uh four and a half poison soft drinks was that four and a half yeah all right what about i'm you? going full on five man damn yeah it's hard i i always struggle with what to give a five like should i reserve it for just like the perfect movie but like if you're making this kind of movie i don't know what else you can do for what this movie was trying to go for no other movie can top it sure it was so unique that, yeah that's for sure 
But yeah. uh, like, I mean, do you feel like like watching it through? Like, do you feel like this belongs in the horror category? I've learned as we go here that things just get thrown into the horror bucket when they're crazy, gory, and like very genre specific. You know, made sure. for fans of this type of movie, and that horror fans tend to like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when anything gets this gory, people are going to put horror on it. But no, I mean, you're never really scared. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's tense. Uh, thriller, action thriller, maybe. Mm-hmm. I have no yeah. problem with this being called a horror movie, but I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I feel like action thriller sounds a lot more uh, appropriate or accurate. Um, yeah, I think about this movie like compared to like a green room, uh, similar where you have like one group hunting another. Um, but that I feel like had a little bit more horror elements, which I, I don't know, maybe the gore was just a little more uh realistic maybe and that that made it scarier yeah Um, for sure for sure and there was no i mean there was some comedy in that movie but it wasn't a light fun movie like this one is yeah yeah right the villains were a lot different right yeah uh all right man anything else before we wrap up here uh no that's all i got all right our episodes are getting longer yeah i know (laughs) lots to talk about (laughs) yeah Uh, Cool. Well, I guess that is all for our episode on The Hunt, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That helps other people find our show, and we really appreciate it. Um, You can find us at horrormovieclub.com. There you can find uh, links to our socials, Facebook, Twitter. We announce on both of those what movie we're going to do next week. We've also got a link there to our Discord server where we're hanging out with listeners and just movie fans and and friends and and talking about movies. So come join us there. Uh, Everybody on there is really great. Our cover art is done by Amy Mae Popart. You can check her out on Etsy.com by searching Amy Mae Popart, all one word. Um, Let's see, we've got a Patreon. We've got a little bit of bonus content out there. So if you want to support the show and get a little bit of bonus content, content you can find that at patreon.com slash horror movie club uh i think that's about it uh until next time maybe don't mess with betty gilpin or hilary swank yeah some real badasses yeah